WVUA-FM, Tuscaloosa. Any opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not represent the thoughts or opinions of 90.7 WVUA or the University of Alabama. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of Pulse of the Nation. I am your host, Brayden Vick. Where do we go from here? So right now, everything is current as of 4.14 p.m. Central Time, Wednesday, October 4th, 2023. As this episode is getting released on Sunday, a lot of things are going to change between the by the time you're hearing this and the time this is recorded. So let me just put that disclaimer out there before we talk about what's next. Because to be honest, a lot of people, including myself, don't know what's next. Like what's gonna happen in the House of Representatives? The one thing we do know is the House has to find a new speaker because the House of Representatives cannot, literally cannot conduct any legislative business without a permanent speaker. So right now, Representative Patrick McHenry is the, is the acting uh, speaker pro tempore right now. He is essentially overseeing the House until a new speaker can get elected. So who are the candidates? For the Democrats, it's Hakeem Jeffries. And it's always been Hakeem Jeffries. It will always continue to be Hakeem Jeffries, at least until 2024. And it probably will continue for at least the end of this decade. So the Democratic side is done there. Not going to talk about Democrats anymore. This is to focus on who the Republican candidate for speaker is going to be and who will become the next speaker. Because there are four candidates that I want to talk about. The first off and the not prohibitive but presumptive favorite is Steve Scalise, the House Majority Leader, the Republican for Louisiana, who is Kevin McCarthy's number two. Now that those two have had an off and on relationship, Scalise was one of McCarthy's most ardent backers. And he is the guy that is most likely going to be McCarthy's successor. McCarthy is most likely to support C. Scalise. So we'll have that there as well. He'll probably have the most House Republicans on his side right now. Right now he does with 14 endorsements, 15 if you include Scalise himself. As of right now, obviously a lot more are to follow. But... Yeah, he will be the choice of you know a lot of more rank-and-file establishment Republicans. Now, the House Freedom Caucus candidate, is their running candidate, it's going to be Jim Jordan. He's a Republican from Ohio. Democrats hate him for a lot of reasons. I described some of those reasons in previous episodes, but I'm not going to get into that here. All we're going to talk about here is the fact that Jim Jordan has six endorsements right now. So he is second place right now at this point in time. So there's that There's that to consider as well. The fact that Jim Jordan is probably going to get a lot of conservatives on his side. He may have a Midwestern bias, like Steve Scalise is going to have a Southern bias. A lot of Southern Republicans, including Texas Republicans, are probably going to end up endorsing Scalise for Speaker. They're going to end up voting for him. And uh, a lot of Midwestern Republicans might end up endorsing Jim Jordan. So there is that to consider as well. A third Republican candidate 
By the way, for Jim Jordan, he is one of the founding members of the House Freedom Caucus. He's the House Judiciary Committee chair right now, leading the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Third candidate of the House Republicans is Kevin Hearn. He's a Republican from Oklahoma, from the Tulsa area, and he is the chairperson of the Republican Study Committee. It is the largest caucus in the House of Representatives from Democrats or Republicans. It is the largest party caucus, and he could have an interesting path to the speakership. He is the, he is not officially announced he's running for speaker, but all intents and purposes, he's running for speaker. And I expect he may get a home state bias from Oklahoma as well. I'm not sure what the breadth of his support is going to be. We'll have to, we're going to obviously see, you know, over the course of the next, you know, week or so how that goes. But Kevin Hearn is, I think, a more minor candidate as opposed to Scalise and Jordan. That's what the battle is probably going to be like. However, there is a fourth candidate, and you're not going to believe who it is. It's Donald Trump. No, I'm not making this up. Right now, I count six representatives who are either endorsing Trump or leading Trump. Four have endorsed Trump as of this point in time. These things can change. These include Troy Nels of Texas, Greg Sub of Florida, Barry Moore of Alabama, and Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, with a potential for Ronnie Jackson of Texas and Anna Plana Luna of Florida to go ahead and endorse Trump. This is, of course, according to... Either it's one of Troy Nels or Greg Stoop. I'm not sure which. I think it's Troy Nels who ended up saying that. But you have that to consider as well. The fact that multiple House representatives, including those who did not vote against McCarthy in the first place, and all four of these representatives voted for McCarthy for Speaker. All four. In the January speakership elections and in the motion to vacate. So, yeah, that might throw a bit of a wrench in the plans. Like, if these people are indeed going to endorse Trump for a Speaker of the House. Now, one thing to note, the Speaker of the House does not have to be a House member. It can be any eligible American. But every House Speaker has been a member of the House, and that's the way it's going to be. Donald Trump is throwing, he's not going to be the Speaker of the House. I would be stunned if there was a serious consideration of that from more than a few, you know, more than a few representatives. But you have that to consider as well. So what's the timetable for all this, you may ask? Well, Patrick McHenry s said that the House is, for all intents and purposes, in recess until Tuesday when both the Democratic and Republican caucuses will hold, the, I guess, essentially the equivalent to primaries to see who those parties' candidates would be for speaker. And right now, I think Scalise is a pretty heavy favorite. But again, these things can change. And on Wednesday, you're going to have a new speakership election. However, the real concern here amongst House Republicans. This this is being reported by Jake Sherman of Punchbowl News. Essentially, he just said, like an hour before I recorded this, said, quote, I haven't found one House Republican lawmaker or aid of consequence who believes the Speaker election will be wrapped up by next Wednesday. 
they're all prepared for another multi-ballot election. Uh, let me tell you, multi-ballot speakership elections, these are not the norm. They are not the norm. Let me go ahead and look this up here for y'all. Speak 2023 speaker, U.S. House of Representatives election. This took 15 ballots in January, mind you. It was the longest speaker election in the post-Civil War era of American politics. The longest one since 1859 to 1860. And everybody's expecting this to potentially go multiple ballots again. So, yes, and it is now confirmed Kevin Hearn is running for speaker. And a bunch of other people are potential candidates. People are saying... People like a, a Jody Arrington of Texas or Don Bacon of Nebraska could come in as well. Now, I will say now that you have an endorsement for another guy that I have not talked about, and that is Andy Harris, who represents Maryland's first congressional district. He's not endorsing any of these candidates, actually. In fact, he's endorsing somebody else entirely. And that is Byron Donalds. And to be honest, I'm not surprised. Byron Donalds isn't a declared candidate for speaker, but I don't think he wants to be speaker. But House Republicans are high on Byron Donalds. He is going to be in House Republican leadership. Now he's a Byron Donalds, he's a black Republican from southwest Florida, from, I believe, Naples, Cape Coral area. I think it's Fort Myers, actually, that he represents. So, so let's bring in Byron Donalds into the conversation. He got votes, a lot of votes, during the January speakership election. So if we go back there, we go to some of these ballots. The, uh, in the, in the first through third ballot, in the first ballot, Byron Donalds got a vote. On day two, Byron Donalds, fourth through sixth ballots, he was the alternative choice of the 20 or so holdouts in the, in the caucus. And this continued on. This continued on throughout the 11th ballot. Some decided to go to Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, who was an official candidate for speaker. And for... Two days for day two, day three, he was the prominent alternative that you know anti-McCarthy Republicans put up. So you have to consider Byron Donalds in this situation, in my opinion, especially now that Andy Harris says that Byron Donalds should be considered. So yeah, there is that consideration to go on as well. So there's four can well five candidates with support. Well, I should say five. Steve, Kevin Hearn's going to support himself. No one's endorsed Kevin Hearn yet. There's five potential candidates. Four of them with support from other members, is what I'm saying. So where do we go from here? Who's going to be the speaker? I think eventually it's going to be Steve Scalise. He's to the right of Kevin McCarthy. Matt Gates says he'd be fine with a Speaker Scalise. He says Speaker Scalise will be a significant upgrade over McCarthy. 
So this isn't gonna this isn't gonna go 15 ballots again, but there are a handful of Republicans like Kelly Armstrong of North Dakota, Don Bacon of Nebraska, Carlos Jimenez of Florida, Mike Lawler of New York, and other I presume others who aren't going to vote for anybody unless they significantly raise the threshold of a motion to make it, either to over half of a party's conference or the motion to vacate can only be brought about by House leadership or the Speaker themselves. Because remember, the last motion to vacate was in the 1910s. I believe it was in like 1910 or 1911 or something like that. And that was filed by the Speaker himself at the time as essentially a power move, and it was a power move that worked. So you have those Republicans who are undecided and who are probably not going to support any cancer speaker until they're assured about a massive raise in the threshold for a motion to vacate. And this could get into part of the reasons why this could go on for multiple ballots for potentially multiple days because there is difference in the rules vote. Matt Gates is not going, Matt Gates and his people are not going to endorse a raise on the motion to vacate when it's already worked. They're not going to give up their leverage. And House Republicans have to, they have to, they have to deal with that. Now, there's some talk about those eight Republicans getting their committee assignments revoked. There's talk about Matt Gates potentially being expelled from the House Republican conference over this motion to vacate succeeding. So, which is really interesting to me. It's, it's really interesting to me. And if that does happen, I'll obviously cover it on the news flash of that week in which it does happen. I'm not sure if it will happen, but a lot of pro-McCarthy Republicans, they want blood. As I explained yesterday, they want the blood of Democrats who they think they're responsible. They want the blood of Republicans who they think they're responsible. They're angry. They're tired. They're ticked off and they just want to spew their rage at anybody within a 20-mile radius of, of Capitol Hill, which I don't blame them particularly, but you have to understand, you know, when is it time to get back in business? Because, by the way, by the time a speaker gets elected, you've got a month and change before the government shuts down. So you've got to get on that. You've got a, you've got a month and change to either do another continuing resolution, which ironically this motion to vacate increases the possibility of, or a longer term government funding bill. And that is something that whoever the speaker is, whether it's Scalise, Jordan, Herner, or anybody else, is gonna have to consider, is gonna have to deal with. You're gonna have to deal with the you know ideological differences in your caucus, and you have to unite them. Now, granted, Hakeem Jeffries has it easier than any Republican because in the majority, people want to have their power. They want to have as much power as they can within the caucus. Meanwhile, in the minority, you're just united against the majority party. Like, it's much easier to have that, in my opinion. But you're going to have to be able to do what Kevin McCarthy can't. And especially for this speakership election, you have to get a rules package that is not only the House rules package is not only going to ensure that you're not going to befall the same fate as Kevin McCarthy, but also doesn't tick off enough arch conservative Republicans to where 
we're just gonna have similar to what happened in January, just multiple days, multiple ballots. You have, like for Republicans, like I don't think they can afford another multi-ballot election, but they're preparing for it. And if that multi-ballot election does end up happening, it might end up happening at the same time as I'm recording the Pulse of the Nation podcast. So it would be a very interesting, you know, situation to see to see happen. But that is where I'm going to end. This is current as of 4:30 p.m. on Wednesday, October 4th. And of course, a lot of things can change in the next hour, let alone the next several days. So when candidates do emerge, when a candidate looks like they're going to win the uh, GOP nomination, I'll tell y'all, but this has been an absolutely chaotic week in American politics, even more than usual. And it is all because of one event, one vote to vacate the chair to remove Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House of Representatives. For our sakes and for our sanity, may we at least have a reprieve from just complete bonker situations going on in the U.S. House. That is it for this episode. That is it for this weekend's episodes. Thank y'all for tuning into the podcast. Of course, when there is a new week, there will be a new news flash, and that will be season two, episode 13. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for listening to these ramblings about a speakership election that will have gone on for a combined about almost an hour between two episodes. Just thank y'all for y'all support. It genuinely means the world to me and uh yeah and every week in american politics lots of things can happen and this week is just a prime example of it thank you any opinions expressed in this program are those of the host and do not represent the thoughts or opinions of 90.7 wvua or the university of alabama wvua fm tuscaloosa